This is a podcast from Minute Media. It would be a wolf spot, eh? Welcome to the um, Wolves Fancast um, Tottenham Review, Spurs 1, Wolves 0. Uh, joined today by Andy and Blake. How are you doing, guys? Great, thanks, mate. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. And you, Blake? Yeah, doing just fine. So, um, I mean, we're all uh, still a little bit raw off the result yesterday, but um, went into it, you know, uh, we start with talking about the team selections first. Um in comes Nunes and Moutinho for his first um, start of the season. Um, what, what's that? What's your thoughts on that starting eleven? Is, is that exciting to see them come straight in, Andy? I was a bit surprised to see Moutinho go from the off because I don't think Dendonka's done badly. I expected us to be in for a bit of a midfield battle, and Dendonka's the one who's his strength lies in breaking up opposition plays. So I was a little bit surprised at Moutinho. But I was even more surprised at Nunez starting. I mean, he's been with the club for like 20 minutes and all of a sudden they've, they've thrown him in for the full 90. It was um, it was great to see that they, they didn't hold back and they just thought, right, let, let's go for it. Let's field our strongest team. And I think that's that's the way forward, really. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the um, the bench that we've got now, Blake? Do you think that the strength that we've got now, now we've got Jimenez back? Uh, combined with Huang, Tomato and uh, Troy there. Do you think that we've now got something to try and influence and change games? Well, it's a lot better, that's for sure now. I mean, I'm not thrilled about Jimenez starting on the bench. Obviously, he was injured, so he's not just going to come immediately back. But it's better, so I can't complain too much. You know, one of the things that we had said last show that I did was that we just needed signings, we just needed bodies, and we've got that. I'm a little concerned because I think that Jimenez is really going to have to step up this year. I mean, I think it's been really obvious that without a center forward, we're going to really struggle up front. And I mean, we'll see if if Nuno and I mean, sorry, Nunez and what's his name, Guides. I can't pronounce it mm-hmm. worth anything. But um, we'll see if they actually slot in or not. If we can actually start scoring, I think that's really the only hurdle we have left. Well, that's it. I mean. Daniel Pedence was brought in again as um, essentially a false number nine. Um, I mean, it's not in a position that he's he's used to. Um, but do, do you think he's effective there, Andy? Or do you think that kind of uh, nullifies his game when he's not playing off a wide position? I think in, in the situation that we're in where Jimenez couldn't start, he's the best of a bad bunch for that false nine. Um, I, I remember... I was on that same podcast with yourself, Blake, and we was talking about the false nine and how uh, I think Rich put it at sometimes it's a false nine. Sometimes you're just playing a midfielder up front because you've got no choices. And I feel like Pedence is a little bit either or with that. Sometimes he looks quite effective as a false nine. And then other times he just looks like he's completely out of his depth. Yesterday, I think we got to see both sides of that coin because especially in the first half, we just had no presence in the box because we had a five foot nothing fella up front. And that's where it looks like he's playing out of position. But then when we were playing the more defensive approach, so when we was doing like just more of the, the, the low block, 
he's good at that because he's a little bit of a shit. He'll get in there and he'll nip at people's ankles and that's where you get the best of him. So I do feel that, that there's pros and cons to having Pedence in that position, but I don't think we've got anyone else who can really work that position as effectively. I mean, looking at the the season so far, I mean, Huang has played there in the fir- in the first game of the season, um, and I think if we all look at Huang and what he's done in the in the in the moments that he has been on the pitch this season, he, he seems to have improved on a lot of the things that he he was doing wrong last year. He's holding the ball up better and better transitions. Is, is he somebody that you think could um, play that role, Blake, when Jimenez is out of the team? I I I don't know. It just it seems like he can't quite get it together. Um, you know, we, we've given him plenty of opportunities and it just seems like for whatever reason, he just can't quite get off the ground. I know it's a new season and we should probably be giving him a bit more of a chance, but when you have Podence, Neto, and now uh, Guides, it's, it's just, do you really need to have him in there? I, I just, I, I don't think so. I mean, I would say... Again, we really don't play well with this false nine. So if it's an, a, a, something different to that, then maybe. But now that Jimenez is looking to become healthy again, and now that he can probably start being in the starting lineup again, I just don't know if there's really a place for him. Oh, for sure. I mean, Jimenez obviously changed the attack at about focal point. It was great for the second half that we had somebody to work through. But that seemed to be a little bit too too much too late because Conte got his team in. Um at half time, you know, he he done his half time, he'd given them the hairdryer treatment because they'd come out all guns firing to Tottenham in the second half. Do do we feel that if Jimenez is starting that game, it, you know, because he's on the bench, he's he's fit enough to be on the bench, fit enough to be in the squad, do we think do we think he should be starting that game? Because if we have him on that pitch, I think we'd probably agree we'd probably get a result out of that. We'd probably get at least a point out of that game uh, yesterday. What what are we thinking? I completely agree. I think he got it the wrong way around. I think we'd have been better off starting with Jimenez, especially knowing he was going to be playing that that more fluid system that he put out. So he was going to try and block them low and then hit them on the counter. I think that would have worked a bit better with the Jimenez than it did with Pedence, purely because when you look at the shots that we took, I mean, we had quite a few shots, which is promising to see, but almost none of them were from inside the box. So I think if you've got someone who can actually do something in the box, I think we should have gone with that and then maybe looked to try and harass them and stop them from playing a bit more in the second half when you knew they would come out and try and go for us. Oh, definitely. I mean, if we, we've got a little graphic here for the for the shot analysis. And a lot of our, our shots are coming from within that, uh, you know, within this, the width of the um, six-yard box. Um, do, do we feel like... We are, as a team now, Blake, uh, more direct. We are getting more shots off. And you think this will eventually help us, you know, um, break that uh, situation down when we're not scoring? Eventually, but it's going to take some time. I mean, we need Jimenez to come back and what and sort of become that center forward again. I mean, you kind of saw it here. It reminded this match reminded me so much of the same one that we played last year when we were away to, to Tottenham. Uh, we started off so well in the first half. The only difference was we had Jimenez up front and he really made things happen on the attack. And since we didn't really have that this time, I what how many shots did we have in the first half? Like 12. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no reason that we should have buried at least one of those opportunities. And I think at that point, it's a very different game in the second half. 
So I, I just think that it is eventually it's going to become better. But again, we just need someone at center forward to take charge. And, and once that happens, then this direct level of play, I think it will be for the best. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, the, the, the players that are quite a few of the players are coming in for criticism after the last couple of games, especially a lot of fans are getting on the back of Neto and Pedence for their um, performances. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before the show, Andy. Do you think that um, when Neto was playing, essentially having to drop back into a back five for defensive transitions, do you think that that was a hindrance on Wolves overall and um, the way Neto played his game? <laughs> I mean, yes and no, because in some respects, we did really well in the first half, which is when he did. He was primarily having to play at right wing back. But then you've got a left footer playing at right wing back. So it never quite felt completely confident with him there. Um, defensively, though, we, we did look fairly solid throughout. We, we restricted Spurs to very few chances. Was it one shot I think they had in the first half? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did very well in that structure. I think it's something that we can probably work on in training and take forward. But then I wouldn't want to see us doing that against Newcastle, for example, coming up. I wouldn't really want to... Because whilst he's okay defensively, he's not excellent defensively. So I wouldn't want to test it out too much against teams where I think we should be taking the initiative against them, which is anyone who's not one of about four or five clubs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had a comment coming through here that, you know, this is the fear now. People want to change the system real quick. But, you know, if, if Raul is healthy and we, we push two, two, uh, two forwards forward, you know, who's, who if we play Raul, who do we partner him with? Like, do you think Juan comes in or do you think Geddes can play up front? Or I'd like to try Geddes and just see what he can do. Um, I think we also have Huang from the bench now. And that's a relief to sort of have is someone from the bench who can come on and actually do something rather than, I mean, when, when we played Leeds, it was just, uh, it was abysmal. Um, so I think that it might be good for Huang to just sort of start on the bench, maybe give him some reason to have some competition and see if he can up his game and get into the squad, actually break in. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. I mean, I don't see anything changing just yet because um, ideally, um, you know, he's, he's going to want to settle with the system that he's trying to put in place. You know, 10 games in, if we're still if we're still struggling, maybe even before then, maybe we change it. Um, the problem is, I think maybe if we do a 4-4-2 and they're playing two in midfield, I think that's where we might get overrun in the Premier League. Um, and I think a lot of the teams, it's, since we, <laughs> it's weird enough, since Wolves have been in the Premier League, a lot of the teams are doing 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 and trying to compact the midfield out. Um do you, do you see that as an issue, Andy, that a lot of the teams have, have adapted to that sort of play style to try and box us out? And uh, yeah. we haven't really, yeah, we can't adapt yeah. now. That, that's that's exactly it. The game has evolved so much over the last few years that if you risk having anything less than three midfielders, you need to have two of the best midfielders in the world to play that role. Um, and I don't think we have got some world-class players, but they're not. They're not that adept to playing Premier League football. I mean, Nunes has only been here less than a week at this point. I think to try and throw him him in playing in a midfield too, we do run the risk of getting overrun, um, especially when, if you look at the two wingers that the, that was mentioned on that tweet. So Adama, defensively, 
yesterday he looked pretty out of sorts um he's obviously not fit which is another issue so i'm not sure i would go with 442 personally i prefer the 433 or the 4231 um i think the 4231 is a, a little bit better because it does allow for some fluidity to the system that you can then have the attacking midfielder drop deeper but i do prefer the two midfielders pushing on and one sitting that we had yesterday. I think that's the way forward for us, to be perfectly honest, especially when you've got players who can then cut in from either wing. So if you've got Neto on the right and Guedes on the left, cutting in to take shots, that, that's what you want to see. That's how we're going to get the goals. And I think when we've got a proper focal point up there in a Jimenez or you know, if, if we do sign someone else, I think we, we could be in for a bit of success. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to you know, walk the league and... and get European football, like, but I think we could be in for a much more interesting season than we've had for a, a couple of years at this point. Yeah, I mean, we, we are looking at it now. I mean, it has got shades of the start of last season, a lot of shots, a lot of attacking, not really pretty football. Um, but now, I mean, we're getting to the point now, we, it's, it's 10 games, I know it's over two, the two seasons, but it's 10 games now where we haven't got a win. Do you think the mentality is starting to become affected, Blake? Do you think is this is something where, you know, Bruno's now got to really start focusing on probably like the simpler things of the game just to try and at least get a, a scrappy 1-0 win? I mean, it's difficult going into Newcastle against where they're playing, but... No kidding, no kidding. But <laughs> I think that, look, last season was last season. I think we've we've sort of had the preseason to reset, so I wouldn't necessarily take those games into account. True, it's true that I think it's very concerning that we only have one point from the past three games, despite the fact that I think that we've played fairly well in all of them. Uh, I think that that is something to be concerned about. But having said that, three games is not a very good span to really judge how this season is going to go. Uh, I think we're trying out a lot of new things this season. We've got some new players now, finally. And obviously Jimenez hasn't been well, so we haven't been able to put him into the squad. So I think it's really going to be this next month where we sort of have to reset, figure out what we're doing. And, you know, I don't really know what Bruno should do, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think that so far we've been doing all the right things. We just haven't been able to score. And I think once we can crack that open, I think we're going to be a re really good premiership team. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with that. I, I think if you look at, was it April? I think it was April 2nd was the last time we won. Pretty much all of last season, we felt like Nuno's hangover. Like we hadn't really evolved into the team that Bruno wanted us to be. Uh, now he's been given the money and we've signed the players to change the formation. We feel like a Bruno team now. So I don't want to judge him on the, the tail end of last season. Everything now is based on everything that's happened in August 2022, not from April and May 2022. It's different teams. It's a it's a tough one um, when you know Bruno's coming. It, it it has to be sort of an evolution of a revolution in terms of football because I think you run that risk if you change everything too quickly. If you'd have come in and done it last season, it, it may have all blown up in our face. And I think mm. doing it over two or three seasons is really really good. I mean, going back to the starting eleven, um, Gerez, um getting a start and Nunes. How, how do you think they played in their first games? Considering, I mean. Guedes has been with us a week, uh, and Nunes is, what, a couple of days? How do you think they're fitted in, Andy? I, I thought they were both really impressive. Um, 
Guedes, I was a bit worried about him because when he came on, the guy who uh, when he came on against Fulham, the guy who sits next to me, he's like, how funny would it be if he was just shit now? And then the first thing he did was like put the ball straight out, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, he's cursed him. Um, but no, he did really well. I'm not convinced that he's going to be a, a, a you know through the centre. I think he's very much going to operate on the flanks, and I think that is where we're going to get the best out of him. So I'm hoping it's more of that than trying to play him through the middle. Um, as for Nunes, he's precisely what we've needed. When you look at how we've played consistently um, over the last sort of 18 months, teams have just sort of packed the middle against us. So we've had to try and go around the outside. And then we have to lump the ball into the box where we've more often than not got only one player if we're lucky. And that might be Pedence, who is never going to win a header. Um so we've now got a player who can actually carry the ball through the middle and try and impact the play through the centre of the pitch. He's what we've been crying out for for so long. Um, and, and he was really positive. I mean, if that header had gone in the first half, like I could just imagine the limbs in the away end would have been incredible. For sure. I mean, it was a lovely run. Uh, it, it, the way he faded into the box. And it, just like, how can he link up with Neves that, that easily after a couple of days? So yeah. it's, it's, it's exciting to see where we're going. What, what did you think on the new guys, uh, Blake? What, What's your thoughts on them coming into the team and, and getting that start? Yeah, considering they're both new, I think they did great. Much like Andy said, I, I no real complaints from me. Uh, as you said, Gides came really close to scoring, and it just felt very natural. I think that's the way I describe it. It just felt like they had sort of exactly knew what we were trying to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, they know each other from the the, the Portuguese national too, so they've got that that little. Um, you know, the the experience of playing and being around each other, which is helpful. I mean, it's, if we move on, to, moving on to the second half, I mean, Tottenham come out, they they, um, they obviously had the rollicking of Conte at halftime. He's given the hairdryer trip because they've come out a different team. Um, uh, so how do we think that we adapted in the second half? Do we, because obviously Tottenham are coming on to us. Perisic has been a lot more involved in that second half and um, they've put more balls into the box. Do we feel that we we kind of stood stood off the gas a little bit, Andy, or, or do you think we uh, it was more uh, them changing their um, aspects and you know the way they approach the game? It's a tough one, really, because you, you are one hundred percent spot on. Perisic just by allowing uh, Ben Davis, wasn't it, to step across to the left back? Then Perisic was just playing basically as a left forward. And it completely changed the game for them. And I don't think we ever fully got to grips with that in the second half. I do feel like we rode our luck a little bit. Um, and then obviously the goal, which unfortunately for Collins was like the only time in the game that he he lost sight of Kane. Um, but then when you've got a, a world-class striker like Harry Kane, you can't allow him to have even a second, can you? Um, I, I think it's a bit of both. I, I think, as you said, they had a bollocking at halftime. They didn't want to get a bollock in at full time as well. So they made sure that they, they stepped up. And I think we possibly were a little bit too slow to react to their change. So we got caught cold a little bit, I think. So uh, talking, you say Kane's scored this goal. We've got a, a little bit of a fan clip here. So Collins actually loses loses his man, um, as, as we know. Do we think Ike Nuri could have done better on the, on the front post as well? What do you what are you thinking on that, Blake? Do you think uh, he was a, he was weak weak in his his area there, or 
She could have, but to me, it's all on Collins. I mean, I'm not going to fault him too much because, uh, I mean, he did play brilliantly for the entire rest of the game, more or less. But when you're defending Harry Kane, you have to be on him 24-7. And mm-hmm. he just lost him. It was just for half a second, but Harry Kane was able to sneak behind him. The, the flick came in, and he just tapped it right in. Um, granted, it was coming for a long time. So, I mean, is it all on, on Collins? Is it all on that one play? I don't think so. But it, I just think that, Collins just could not step off the gas like he did in that one second. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Is is now we're at a point where we're, we're not scoring goals, um, and these individual errors are costing us massively. You know, we're we're losing games a lot like the start of last season. We're losing games by what the odd goal um, because we can't put the ball in the back of the net, and it's it's it does seem like deja vu. Um, I mean, it feels like we're going to come good, but. It's it's a matter of, of of how more than when. I mean, uh, do we feel like I mean talking about somebody who's actually gone out alone and scoring a lot of goals? Do, you, do we feel like Fabio Silva could have uh, potentially give us given us some better options this season, especially in like games like yesterday? I mean, he's a different player to Jimenez. He's not the focal point, and he makes a lot of good runs in behind, but. Do we feel that he could have uh, he could he could have potentially offered some solutions to use an old Nuno word um, <laughs> solutions to uh, you know help us get some results? Absolutely, he he's a different option to have. As you say, he's a very different type of player to Jimenez, um, and he's so good at carrying the ball across distance. I, I think he would probably have suited yesterday's game better than bringing on Jimenez and Traore, to be perfectly honest, because you need someone who's going to carry the ball, and I think that Silva would have been a better option. Um, I, I don't know much about these other strikers that we've been linked with. I don't know if they're a, you know, what's the phrase, a complete forward, or if they're a bit of a poacher, because I know we've been linked with that um, Quang Dos, as I call him, because I can't remember his surname, but the, yeah, Quang too. Um he just seems to be like he's a poacher, and I don't think that's the kind of player we need. We need someone like Fabio Silva, which is so frustrating when we've got someone like Fabio Silva, but just not at the club. Can I just add, I, I agree that Fabio would be a great option, but I think that his long-term future is more important than our short-term future. Uh, I just think that he needs some time to Stay. actually develop. And I think that a league, I think he's playing in Belgium, isn't he, with Anderlecht? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think he needs that time to develop and that time to be an actual starting, you know, be in the starting eleven, turn up every single week, play every single week, and, and just sort of gain that confidence and gain that knowledge of the game. And I, I think that that's what he really needs right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, we have been linked with a, with a few other names, like like you say, Huang Huang Zhou, um, Evanielson has come out in in, in a lot of days. I mean, Evanielson he, he scored a scored for, uh, a tap in for um, his team yesterday in Portugal, but his release clause is uh, hundred million euros. So I don't, can we? I don't I don't see us spending that sort of money on like a seven, <laughs> 70, 80 million euros on a striker. It's, it's it's impossible. I mean, is there any, is there anybody out there who you, who you guys think you know could do an option? Is there anyone like um, from the like lower lower parts of the Premier League, Championship, or maybe even League Liga Serie? A? Is there any strikers that you think actually it'd be a good good option? Because we've still got Belotti, who's who's uh, a contract at the moment. Mm. That that was the name I was going to mention was Belotti. I, I I'm a fan of that guy. We were talking the other day, Jafo, like 
there's something old school Italian Syria about him. He feels like he should be on Galazio on a Sunday morning on Channel 4. He's got that kind of old school vibe about him. I, I really like him and I'm just stunned that no one's picked him up in Italy yet. Um, I mean, we know the Italians apparently don't travel well, but then for every uh, Patrick Catrone, there's been a Gianfranco Zola. So who knows? But Belletti's the one for me that I'd be, be going for. Anyone in your mind, Blake, you, you think maybe actually a chance for the Premier League or? Well, I'm an American, so let's just say Josh Sargent. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we I pick him thought, up for cheap. I we, thought he played for cheap, yeah. and hey, he could do a job. Yeah, I really liked him at Norwich last season. I thought he was um, inventive. I think that one, it was almost like a scorpion kick he scored in one of the games. That was a fantastic little outrageous finish. Outrageous. Um, so, sort of moving on from the game um, yesterday, uh, we've got three very, well, four if you include, include the League Cup, four important games coming up. We've got Preston at home in the in the EFL Cup, followed by Newcastle next Sunday, Bournemouth away and Southampton at home. I mean, this, these three games seem really, really, really important. Uh, I mean, we've got a comment coming here, six points for the next three games should be a minimum target. How many points do we reckon we're going to get from the from these three games? Because Newcastle, Bournemouth, and Southampton—they've played well in their first few games of the season, and it's it's it seems like the big boys are the ones who've started slow. So, what what are we thinking? How many points do you reckon we're going to get? I, I said to my friend yesterday, I think we need we need five points as a minimum. I think if we just need to go on a bit of an undefeated streak. I'll take a, a shitty one-all draw against Newcastle because, one, they've been playing well. Two, we never play well against Newcastle. And it just stops the rot. I don't want to get too far of keep losing. So, personally, I just want us to go on a bit of an undefeated streak. And I think the more you, or, or the less that you lose, the more that you start to just get that feeling of not losing. And I think that's an important thing to have, is just that confidence that you you can take into the next game and the next game. So ideally, I mean, Preston, there'll be zero excuses. We we have to win that game. That's just inexcusable to lose against them. Then Newcastle, Bournemouth, Southampton, in that order, I would be happy with a draw, a win, a draw, or however way, but just just don't lose at this point. We need to stop conceding these these shitty goals that, as you say, we would single, uh, single error, massive punishment. We need to stop that now and just start to grow into it so i'd be more concerned about just not losing rather than saying we need to have six points or nine points or whatever just stop the rot at this point and let's yeah. start to progress yeah i totally agree we, we, we've got to try and work off, off a, a, a clean sheet and then cl continuous clean sheets will be really really important for you know building the foundation because that's all it is is, is, is defense wins wins you well it wins your titles but i know we're not going for a title but <laughs> it's more more that the long-term success of a football club is based off a of defense and that that and that uh, foundation what do you think blake over the next three games what do you how do you think we're going to get on well, to start, I do love the Cup, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity just for us to hopefully get our first win of the season. I mean, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing it, but I'm really hoping that we can win that game and sort of use it as sort of a turnaround point. Uh, Newcastle is going to be tough. I mean, we've saw seen what they've done today against City. They're, they're going to come out all guns blazing, and, uh, you know, I would happily take a point against them. Bournemouth and Southampton, 
I mean, they're kind of teams that I feel like we should be beating, really. Uh, I think if Jimenez is healthy and he's in the starting 11, then I think hopefully we should be getting six points. Uh, I, I'm not sure how likely that is, but I'm crossing my fingers that we're going we're gonna to pull out some wins against Bournemouth and Southampton. I mean, hopefully, I'm, I'm with you on that. Hopefully, we can we can, we can start to see the turnaround real quick. I mean, ho- with the game on Preston, I hope it uh, we don't put it to guess. Well, luckily, there's no extra time. I don't think in that competition anymore. I think it goes straight to penalties. So, yeah, hopefully, it's not too too much of a light one in that game. Uh, but it's it's. I think the game against Preston is going to be a blessing. I think there's a ch- there's a good chance that Bruno puts a lot of his top players out there on Tuesday night to just to try and cement, I think a, th- a three or four nil win would be amazing to really keep the start, start the season off. Mm. I mean, I've got some quotes here from Bruno, just, just off talking about, say we've got one point from the first three and it, it, he's echoing again. It looks like the beginning of last season. So he's had three good games, three good performances um, where we want to be. And, and, you know, you've got new players coming in and, and, it's about being optimistic, and you know we've said about that. We want to we want to wait till 10, 10, 10 games to really judge it. But do you know what? How where, how how are we feeling personally? Do, we, do you think that it's going in the right direction? Do you think what we're doing is 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 the the right direction for where we want to be as fans to enjoy the game and also to be successful as a football club? Yeah, you can see the. The, the early seeds starting to sprout at this point. I mean, I know against Fulham, obviously we didn't win the match, but I can't remember that many games in the last 12 months where we dominated the game, where we looked like we, we could score. We had five very, very good chances. And on, on another day, you score two, three, four of those chances. So it's promising, but that comes with a huge caveat that we still haven't won a game. So... It's. I can't be too optimistic, but I'm also not pessimistic because the performances on the pitch have been positive. We played well for most of the game against Leeds, and bar you know an error by um, Raynate Newry, we could walk away with a win there. Same against Fulham, we could easily have walked away with all three points. And even yesterday, we didn't look completely out of our depth against a very very good Spurs team. So I, I am feeling optimistic. But I am also aware that with that comes the fact that we've only got one point on the board. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, the, it, there is a certain sort of nervousness now that going forward, we need that to come rather, sooner rather than later. Um, because, rightly or wrongly, the fans may start to get on their back plate. Do you think? Do you think that the atmosphere at Molyneux could be. Uh, I don't know, t- tense um, with vitriol and, and starting to get on the back and expecting it. You can see it's it always already. like that. It, yeah. it, I mean, it never changes, does it? But do you think <laughs> it, could, it could start uh, spiralling a little bit? Of course it could, yeah. Uh, I just think the only thing is, once Jimenez is back, do we keep down this line where we can't win? I don't think so. I think we could struggle. I think we could be a bottom half table this uh you know, bottom half of the table team this year. But do I really think that we're going to continue to struggle like we are right now throughout the entirety of the season? I don't think so. I think we're going to eventually crack this. Uh, as we said previously, new players, new systems. We're trying to figure it all out. It reminds me a little bit of uh, 
pretty much all of our previous Premier League seasons where so often we we come through and we have a little bit of a streak where we're just not playing very well or not necessarily pl- not playing very well, but just not getting the results. And we just if, sort of throughout one week just completely turned around and then we're, we're back on the winning uh, ways again. So I just think it's one of those things we need a little bit of time. Uh, but once we, we get a little bit of time, once Jimenez is back in, once we're sort of more comfortable with the new system, things are going to start turning around. And I think that most supporters can already see that this game is, we're playing well, we're playing really well. And I think that it is, like Bruno says, we just need to find goals. That's it. Perfect, yeah. Couldn't have put it, put it better myself. I think that's that's where it is. This, it'll, it'll come, it'll come. I think I think we can all see that there are positives and there are things to to really pull forward and to, to see that the changes are coming. Uh, I mean, we just take a little sort of uh, quick break and then we'll come back. We'll just talk about who our man of the match was for that for, for yesterday. Uh, just talk about a few of the little things and then we'll let uh, will be a nice short one for you, for you guys today. So back in two seconds. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some question opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk welcome back um so talking about man of the match for yesterday it's always hard to pick a man of the match when we lost the game uh but who who are we thinking andy who who is your man of the match um for the game against tottenham really tough i mean there was an outstanding debut from nunez like you can't completely discount him I thought Kilman was outstanding and he, he should be playing for the national team at this point. The fact that he isn't is just insane. And I also thought Collins had a really good game and just that one error. Um, I think that one error is going to cost him because it cost us, unfortunately, but he was fantastic. Um, just because he's the new boy, I think I'm going to give it to Nunes because he was with the team absolutely no time at all this week and he fit in like he'd always been there. It does help, obviously, having Neves and Matinho by your side and having played dozens of games already with them. But, yeah, I think Nunes is the one for me. Perfect. And what do you, what do you think, Blake? Where's, where are you at? Yeah, like Andy, I would have given it to Collins had he not conceded. But, uh, you know, Neves still... I mean, it's hard not to give it to Neves at this point. I mean, I think that especially right now when we're playing so much out of the midfield... It's just tough, and we, we don't really have anyone who's putting goals away at the minute, so you can't really award man of the match based on anything like that. So Neves, who's just, like he always does, just controlling the game, putting out balls, nearly set up Guides for a fantastic goal in, in the second half. I mean, first half. It, it was just really clever from him, and yeah, I think he's my man of the match. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think any, I think we could give it to any of three of their midfielders. I thought they really took the game well. I think we sort of start to saw with those three guys the foundation of this progressive short passing football, which is nice. I mean, looking ahead now to, I mean, I don't think we could really predict what's going to happen for the Preston game in terms of teams, but for looking ahead to Newcastle, um, do we think that anyone, even so early in the season, is, is at risk of dropping out the team? I mean, if I'm going to think of anyone, I'm thinking Ike Nuri. Now Samedo's back. Does Johnny go back to left back? What are you thinking, Andy? Uh, that's the first name that sprang to my mind. I, I really like Ike Nuri. 
he has struggled to find his feet a little bit as part of a back four. Um, his position is the one that I think is most in, in danger of being replaced. But then I can't say Johnny's really pulled up any trees, but with Johnny, at least you do have that flexibility where you can slot into a back three. Should you want to play with uh, like a three, five or three, four, three, or however you want to set up. So, yeah, I think that's the change for me because Tomato's excellent. And obviously, the sooner he gets back, I think the better the team will start to play. I thought it was interesting, though, yesterday that he came back at left back. Yeah, I think, I think Johnny had played the whole game. I think maybe he didn't want to move to swap it over. And I mean, although we all know Johnny could play left back perfectly well, but it was it was a little bit strange. But I mean, Samado's played left back a lot for when he was at Barcelona as mm, well. Yeah. So it, it's not like he's not comfortable there. I think he did a couple of times as well during the COVID season. Um, so I mean, it, it, it's strange, but. I think if he I starts think, the game, he comes out. He's he's at right back, and so mm, I think it was just because we obviously had Guedes in front of him, so you were having two players who were having to cut in, mm, and it just yeah, it yeah. seemed to unbalance it. And I know Johnny is predominantly a right footer, but he's a lot more comfortable on his left than Samedo seems to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, thinking about the other sort of end of the pitch, um, Jimenez comes back in, Guedes. We know the money we paid for him. He's going to start. Who do you, who do you think the the other the third forward is going to be? Like, do you think he's, he's going to be Neto, or do you think Pedence stands a chance? I mean, I'm looking at. It, I think Pedence might be the one who drops out, but could be. I also really like Neto when he comes off the bench. So for me, mm-hmm. I would probably drop Neto. But from a, a pure best starting eleven standpoint, you're probably right that Potence would be the one to be dropped. Yeah, I mean, Daniel. Uh, he got the go- the goal in the first game of the season, but he, he's one of them. He, he's this mercurial sort of like all, he's a wide man, really. I, I, I wouldn't put him as being through the middle of the pitch. But he's he's one of these who who you almost have to carry him through a lot of the games. Um, mm. Do we? Do, you know? Do, do you guys think that? He's worth being in the team for that reason. I mean, he hasn't really been creative. He's been slowing, especially against um, Fulham last week. He slowed the game down a lot. And I think that was a lot of the issue in that game, that he wasn't trying to be as progressive and he was trying to look for the perfect ball. Do we think that he he does bring something to the team and has a long-term future? Because I'm thinking about it the other day. I was thinking the next player who may be for the chop in a ruthless sort of nature, might be Daniel Pudence. So do, do we think that he, he does bring something to the team and this, or do we think this is an important season for him to really show? Because his metrics have not been great. He's not had a lot of goals and assists. It's such a difficult choice because one week he can be the best player on the pitch, then the next week he can be the worst player on the pitch. And the fact that you don't know who he's going to turn up does make him a bit more dispensable to your team. Surely you would rather have someone you know is always going to give you a 7 out of a 10 than someone who's either going to be a 2 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, because at least you can bank on the 7. So mm-hmm. if anyone's going to make way for me, it probably is Pedence, uh, which which pains me to say because he seems quite a likeable fella and I, I like a shit out of my team and he certainly has that to his game. He has that where he might sort of, I don't want to say dive, but it might get in a little bit easier than you'd expect to win a free kick. And we've never really had that kind of a player. So I, I do like what he can bring to the team. 
but he does frustrate the hell out of me at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not for sure. I mean, do you think it is a make or break for him season, Blake, or do you think long-term progression, he's, he's still going to be here for another couple of years? Well, it probably is, but it depends on what Fosun want to spend on. I mean, the thing is, as much as we want to complain about Pudence, he's still a good player. I mean, he still turns up week in, week out, and what are we going to do better? That's the big question. Who are we going to bring in that's going to be better than him? And I don't see a lot of potential options that are going to be miles better than him. I mean, like you said, Andy, he is very hot cold, but I like the way he like links up with him. And as he seems to play in this team very well. And I think hopefully he'll just have a good season this year and we won't have to talk about this again, but if not, Again, it just depends on what Fosun wants to do. If they want to splash the cash, then yeah, I think that perhaps he is on the chopping block. But if not, you know, I'm not going to be sad if he stays. I mean, yeah, we got a comment here. Daniel Pedenzi's great option off the bench. I mean, we say that. That's the the main issue when we come into this season is that we didn't have any options, and now we seem to have a, a, flurry, a flurry of people who can <laughs> come off the bench, which is it's nice to look at. But um, I mean, for you guys, if you know. A, I know we we will want a striker, but is there anywhere else you think we could strengthen in like the last what, nine ten days of this transfer window? I I really thought he'd have gone for another like a utility kind of a, a defender, a bit like a Neil Emblem, someone who can play centre half, can play right back, can step up into the middle if needs be. I expected Bruno to go for that because I remember last season he spoke several times about wanting to be able to replace both fullbacks. And we haven't got the options to replace both. We can do one or the other. So I still think he'll probably try and get in a bit of a utility player to cover at the back. And especially with the news this week about um, Forrest signing another Wolves player in, in Willy Bolly. Um, obviously, if he goes, then we really do need to have another option there. Because so I'm not really sure about um, Mascara. We just haven't seen enough to really judge whether or not he's going to be a decent enough long-term um, air to volley. So for me, I would like to get a bit of a, a utility player in at the back. Are you the same ilk, Blake, or do you think we need even more midfielders going off uh, the fact we lost Morgan Gibbs-White? Surprisingly, I'm actually pretty confident with where we are right now. I just think mm-hmm. that we need to sort of let Jimenez develop into this centre-forward role again. And I know this is harsh. It really does depend on that. I think that is really the only piece of this puzzle that we're missing is that real center forward. I know that we all want more options for fullbacks and things like that. And that would be nice to have. I certainly wouldn't complain about it if we do get it. But when I look at the team sheets that we're bringing out now, especially the one that we just had against Tottenham, it looks really fleshed out, at least compared to Wolves teams of old. Um, Mm -hmm. And we all know that Fosun are not going to be a team that have 22 first squad players on it. So realistically, I think it really is just going to be down to that centre forward position. I really think that that is the only piece we have left. Yeah, totally agree with you. I mean, we're probably going to start to wrap it up a little bit now. I mean, I mean, looking forward to it. What what's our um, sort of score predictions for the Preston game, guys? What are we thinking? Do we, we are we going to put a strong team out, and what do we think we're going to walk it, or do you think it's going to be a standard Wolves in the uh, League Cup struggle? <laughs> I think mean, we do have a shitty record against Preston, it seems. Like, we always seem to draw nil-nil against them. So, like, part of me is thinking about championship-level Wolves with that. But realistically, as we were in this position this time last year, and then we went to Nottingham Forest, and was it, what, four or five-nil we won that match? 
Um, so I think that Bruno will go for a similar approach and he'll go with a semi-strong team and I, th- I think we'll win 2-3 now. Perfect. You play, what's, what's your score predictions? I think it'll be a somewhat nervy 3-1. Uh, I just, as Adding says, we our record in the EFL Cup especially is a bit shaky, so I think that we'll <laughs> mm. probably concede at least one, but I think that on the day we'll probably seal it. Perfect. Um, just to reiterate what Dan's been advertising the last few weeks, we've got um, a Billy Wright um, evening at the Prince of Wales Theatre. That's hosted by Billy Wright's family, uh, by his daughter Vicky, with some historic footage from classic matches, some private family photos, uh, powerful contributions from legends of the game, you know, the likes of David Beckham and people who've been around him. Um, so that's that's all of us we've got time for tonight. We've, you know, we've, we've, we've really fleshed out a 1 0 loss there quite well. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, good night from me, uh, good night from Andy, and good night from Blake. See ya. See you, everybody. Catch, catch you set next time, Wolves fans. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.